0: Gabe, ready? Have you recovered? Uh my whole life is just a series of recoveries. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, I'm still, um, I'm still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
1: for anyone wondering, it's not that we, you know, went out bum fighting or anything. We <laughs> uh, went to Asheville in North Carolina, met up with some friends there, and uh, went and toured a bunch of breweries. Correct, and drank um a couple beers. We drank a couple of oh, beers. I yeah.
0: um I put them all in tap cellar yesterday. Like so I I I put some of them in there. At oh the yeah, time. you did it on paper.
1: I I, did, I used well, tap I did cellar the whole time.
0: Yeah, I did a mix. I did some because I wanted to just kind of whip out a a little notebook notebook and write stuff down, and other ones I just. I, if I knew it was going to be in tap cellar, I could find it quick. I just you just wanted to fast. show off your little notebook. I did. Well, I have a little leather cover for it now, so <laughs> I felt like I was classy. Um, <laughs> and um, there's like 47 beers in there, and we were only there for like three and a half days.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, was, it, was, it
1: was it was a lot.
0: They weren't. They were full we pints. Flights. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> like, lots it wasn't of like full pints. That would
1: have been because <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of beer. Yeah, um, yeah. These we did tastings at most of these places yeah partly because you don't want to drink that much beer but also because you know there's still also a lot of beers i don't like so why <laughs> have a full pint of
0: something i'm not gonna like well that's that's another reason why i didn't put everything in tap cellar because if we get a flight of five things and i only like one or two i only want to put those those ones i liked oh, no in interesting tap cellar.
1: no i also i want to put the ones i don't like so that Next time I come across, I'm like, "Hmm, that sounds interesting. I wonder if I've had that before." So, like, I have some C minuses, mm. C pluses, some Cs.
0: Yeah, I, I had some some of those too. I, I would, I would say, we tended towards the good stuff, though. Um, yeah. So there yeah. weren't a whole lot of like low grades, although, and I and I was wondering, the grades seemed to go down as the weekend went on. And I don't know if that's because oh, we.: hit really? bre- Yeah, if we hit the breweries we wanted to see earlier, and, and <laughs> we were just easily impressed. <laughs> we're easily impressed, or it's because my palate was so tired, um, by the end that they just didn't have the, the zing that they did when we first got there. I don't know. Hmm. It's worth worth looking into. Yeah, I need, that is, we need to that do another, another uh, bunch of trips to taste, taste a lot of beer. I think that's the way to do it, Just do a lot of research.
1: Yeah, so uh sum up Asheville. Asheville is kind of like where Colorado was about ten years ago with beer. Asheville is now that. It's a lot of oh, a lot of startup breweries, little hole in the wall places, a couple big um breweries that are maybe big attractions that bring everybody there. It's a very young, uh artistic uh um town with lots of culture. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a like a odd destination, but once you're there, like everybody's totally into craft beer. Yes. Like it's it's everywhere. Um, just all the paraphernalia and people. People you talk to they're like, oh yeah, I've been to that one. I've been there. Oh, do you know so and so? He opened up a brewery over here, and it it was a a blast. If that's your thing, like, um, I'm not big on social drinking anymore. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a lot of fun to go out and talk to people with. Similar interests
0: and... Um, Pretty knowledgeable. I think it was yeah. a really knowledgeable crowd. Like the people Definitely. who were there had, had all, were all like, oh, yeah, I tried to get into this brewery and that brewery at different times. And, you know, it, it, I just, I was really impressed by the, the, um, the quality of some of those breweries and the food there I thought was really good. Um, I like the vibe of the town in general. Um, yeah. The, you know, it, like you said, it's kind of had an artistic side to it and but it was not a you know there was kind of big town parts to it but you can also tell that there was a lot of kind of people living off the beaten path a little bit outside mm. of town yeah <laughs> and, yeah uh, it's yeah. a nice
1: walkable town too even though it's oh, yeah, got yeah. some hills but it has sidewalks and, it's, and there's not a lot of traffic um they have it designed so there's lots of crosswalks and plenty of room to move around and um you know because it's student it seems to be a student focused town yeah um but things can get spread out, so we did drive to get to the two breweries that we're going to be highlighting today, right? We did, yeah. We there drove
0: was... drove to
1: Oscar Blues.
0: Correct. Which was awesome. Totally awesome. And then on the other side of the coin.
1: <laughs> yeah. We went to a new the new Sierra Nevada um, facility. So Sierra Nevada is a California-based company, right? But they clearly spent... A huge amount to build a state-of-the-art brewery taproom showcase for for Sierra Nevada, and it that was absolutely incredible and by far the most amazing brewery I've ever been to.
0: Yeah, same here. I've never been to a facility like that, and it, it blew the doors off of pretty much all the ones I'd visited previous to that. Um, not just from the way it was appointed, which was just, you know, everything was done perfectly, you know, copper <laughs> yeah. and, and slate roofs. And, I've
1: never seen such attention to detail in a yeah. building, it was especially like D- a modern building that w- that's that been yeah. built in, in my lifetime. It was uh, like attention to every little aspect, every screw, every ventilation duct was covered in copper,
0: like crazy. It, it looked gorgeous. I mean, you know, they always talk about Disneyland and Disney World always being... You know this super attention to detail, and this was very similar. everything was polished and mm-hmm. clearly meant to to last a really long time. The food there was phenomenal and uh the beers um were surprising to me in fact, that is why one of the beers we're drinking tonight was one of the big surprises yeah. and in fact it was a it was so surprising it's kind of vaulted up into some, one of my favorite beers yeah um, so
1: uh hop hunter. That's, that's a new new invention by by Sierra Nevada I'm calling it an invention because it's a little different than the standard beer correct um and it's it's almost like an exploration of what they can do to produce a super hopped beer on mass scale almost <laughs> so yeah um because it is really hard to make these like double IPAs and triple IPAs especially on huge, huge scale, which Sierra Nevada distributes on huge scale. Um, but more to your point, like when I went there, I was expecting not to be super thrilled with the beers. Like I, I expected to have a decent beer and a meal and go on the tour and be like, okay, Sierra Nevada, I've had all the Sierra Nevada stuff. It's it's never bad, but it's never great. Right, um, it, And this it, one totally stood out.
0: Yeah. It, um, Sierra Nevada is always, it was one of the first, you know, truly craft beers I'd had, and they, they, the Centennial Ale, I guess, Celebration Ale is the one I'm thinking of, and then the Pale Ale, I always like them. Um, They're kind of drinkable to the point where I can bring them to a family gathering, and people will, you know, not say, well, what the heck are you bringing me here? And so they're approachable, um, but they're not, they're not, you know, they're not Bud Light or something like yeah. that, you know. Um, so I, I've always liked their beers, but I never um, never went crazy and out of my way. So when we went there, I was sort of with you, like, uh, this should be good. I, ex- I don't expect to be disappointed, but I didn't expect to be wowed. And I had had – I looked for Narwhal, which mm-hmm. is another one of those beers. I'd had a bottle of it um, – over Thanksgiving, I think, and I really liked it, uh, but I'd never been able to find it again. So I, and I kind of forgotten about it because when I, I can't find a beer, I'd rather not think about it and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had barrel aged narwhal there, which was right. unbelievably good. Narwhal,
1: narwhal is an imperial stout. Yeah. And it's so oof, they're good. They had several barrel aged, like, like any good brewery, you're going to get um, some rare stuff or some stuff that's not uh, on the mainstream market. And it's only available there. I don't know about the barrel age narwhal, but I had never seen it before. Um that's what I went went with one of our tastings. Uh really excellent. So this Hop Hunter. Yes. Um we're gonna taste in a second, but um I think the the unique thing here is they were clever in the way they decided to put it together. Um it it does. They, it is made with hops and grain and water, but they extract hop oil using steam distillation, which is, from my understanding, similar to how they extract mint oil for lots oh, of different okay. different applications. Um, so they steam distill a lot of the um, like really volatile. Uh, highly floral notes out of hops and their claim is they do it at the hop ranch that the hops are collected on. So it's really super fresh out of there. They take that, then they brew beer with it. They add it to beer. So it's almost like they're adding essential hop oils to the beer. Almost like that is exactly what they're doing. (laughs) And, And to, to kind of give it that Imperial IPA super hoppy flavor and smell without having to actually dump huge amounts of hops, and there are ship huge amounts of hops across the country
0: to do it. Right.
1: So I thought that was pretty. That was pretty clever.
0: Um, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was kind of a shocker how um, hop forward it was uh, for being. I think it's around a six six point two percent. But it has a crazy amount of flavor in it. Uh yeah. for that. And I and think gonna, that's one of the reasons I like it. In fact, I'm I wanna taste I want to drink this thing. Let me yeah. see what,
1: what what temperature I'm at here. I'm at yeah, fifty seven degrees. So it's, uh, probably it's, around it's pretty warm. I am. So let's see. It
0: smells amazing. It tastes amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was we covered I've been saying this all week. Some people think I'm crazy, some don't. Um we covered Molotov Light on a previous show. This reminds me of a, a lighter version of Molotov yeah. Light.
1: Not as sweet, not as um,
0: not as heavy, full
1: flavored yeah, either, but but still really strong pine, lemon balm, you know, very citrusy flavors to it, um, and definitely up your nose. Yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> when you when you take this one, uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty great. Um, yeah, it's probably I would say <laughs> the base of the beer is not that great. Like it's not super malt. It doesn't have a good malt flavor to it. Um. It doesn't feel too sticky or rich uh, like a double IPA would. Right,
0: but that's why I like it, right? Yeah, so I So right. there's a lot of double IPAs. It's drinkable. Yes. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the next beer we're tasting uh, is a double IPA, which I also can't wait to taste, uh, and it's one of my uh, favorite double IPAs um, because it's kind of the other end of the spectrum a little bit. It's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty boisterous, and it has... A totally different character than this hop hunter, which yeah. I would recommend to, to anyone. We'll get to grades later.
1: So, are we going to dive into this one next? Or are we going to wait and uh, introduce uh, it midway through our topic?
0: I. So, what's our topic, Jeff? The topic is um, communities. We'll just hmm. come right out and say it. Uh, and in thinking about it, there's so many different ways we could approach this. Um, but I thought that we could start with. Um, you know we've got a little uh community that we talk about uh beer with <laughs> pretty much yep. daily basis and uh i I've been thinking back that's been about a year or so, maybe more I don't even know when it started that uh it just kind of grew up from a previous incarnation um that you had also started and mm. um Boy, it's a, it's a great group of guys. And it's not necessarily what I envisioned I would be participating in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, you know? in, a, in a broader sense, I thought it fit well with the show, particularly because of like the the vibe we were talking about in Nashville, which is you have a bunch of people with common interests all fighting a common fight against a common enemy almost, right? And uh, it creates this like nice like collaborative spirit, uh, a community. And it reminded me of Colorado when I visited there about eight years ago, talking to, you know, these are brewers that like they're, they're barely making ends meet. uh, But they just keep, keep pushing forward. They rent a little industrial space. They took every dime they had, bought some brewing equipment, rolled up the, you know, the door on the industrial space and started brewing. And I felt like Asheville was very similar like that, but because they all have the kind of huge risks that they've taken and potential loss, um, it's a super collaborative environment in that, like, you didn't get your hop shipment in, no problem. You can have some of mine so you you don't fall behind. Because if you fall behind one batch, that could be the end of your business, right? Because they all benefit by succeeding together because then everybody wants to go there to drink in Colorado or in Asheville. And I, I really liked that in the parallel to, let's say, the community of Apple developers Yeah, eight, eight or nine years ago. I thought that was really interesting, too, um, where before Apple was really the mainstream device, it was a um, device provider. It was the underdog, and developers really like gave each other a leg up. Like it was really obvious. Like they did sales together. They'd say like, Hey, you don't like my thing by this other thing or, you know, super collaborative. And as it's become more mainstream, I've noticed the community disintegrating or shrinking quite a bit. So it's more competitive. It's, yeah. It's more of a dog eat dog because they, they realize there's a limited amount of money that people are willing to spend. And um, I don't know. It just feels different. And, it's interesting to me to see how communities like undulate and like thrive in one one period and then kind of deteriorate and reform and new groups show up and so I thought, thought it'd be fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, for for sure. Um yeah, I I really have been thinking a lot about communities for a while mainly because um I I'm not averse to participating in them. I I don't tend to be the most vocal person in them. Like but knife I, communities? Yeah, knife. <laughs> yeah, the knife community. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm on a couple of uh, knife makers forums, which I uh, do enjoy. Thanks, Gabe, for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> there are other. <laughs> it's,
1: it's all. It's you know. I don't. I'm not. I, I'm. I am making fun yeah, of you are, but huh? because you used the expression "knife community" one time, and it caught me totally off guard. I'm like, "knife community." That sounds like a like an analogy like it, it sounds like a gang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might be I don't know. a life community what, what that I get myself into? to want your wallet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it, that's actually it, it's an interesting one to bring up because um I think in a lot of uh ways it's it started similarly where there are these little uh basically craftsmen who would just just enjoyed the craft of making knives. Like they just didn't like the craft of making the materials and, and uh, the different kinds of steels. And it was this really tiny close knit thing. They would do shows together. They would help each other sell things like you were saying uh, with the Apple developers. And um, I think it's still that way. It's just a tiny, like there are people that are doing that stuff you'll never hear of. But if you're in that community you'll hear about them because they're, you know, you're... I guess that's when we brought up the the community things of people are sharing common interest. Um, that You can do that about everything. I mean, my wife used to run a, a forum uh, for vinyl record trading. Like, that, she had, you know, hundreds or thousands of views. I don't know how many people were on the forum. They were all... It just kind of sprung up with a common interest but it grew into a group of people who know each other. I mean, I met her partially through there, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's, it's interesting how that stuff all um, kind of, like you said, undulates is a good word, like a community will, because that community is kind of gone now in a lot of ways. So it kind of came up and everybody was really friendly and everything was, was, things were really vocal, but as time went on, like um, groups in – people in the group um, either stopped trading that stuff or they, you know, got married, had kids, no expendable – you, you lose
1: know. key members yeah. so that were, you know, contributing
0: a lot to the, you know, community. And to the discussion, right. And yeah. so so when you lose the key members, um, it, that's one of the things I've been thinking about with this is – uh a lot of the, the rise of these types of communities are almost serendipitous. Like, it's, it, it, you, it's in, unreproducible. You can't really – it's sort of like a meme.
1: Oh, you, oh they will try. They will try. Yeah, yeah, that's venture the thing. Capitals,
0: venture capital investors will
1: definitely try to create communities out of thin air.
0: Yes. I think that's one of the thing that, things that really uh, gets me about this topic is the, is it possible to manufacture – a community, and it's something that you and I talked about for a long time. Because with Tapseller, it would be nice to have a pretty, you know, good user community where everybody's kind of exchanging photos and and uh, uh, on Twitter. Kind of Twitter is our kind of a default in a way, but yeah, it's um,
1: weird because it's a it's a social network which I typically don't like, <clears throat> but it's uh, almost like a self selecting community. Like you don't you don't just join a group on Twitter, right? You're, you're your per your own person. You follow other people, but you can't necessarily force them to see your stuff. Or I guess you can, but it's, um, you know, it's almost like you have to agree mutually between each other to be part of that, that
0: group. Right. And it's so loosely knit that yeah. people can, you know, I, I mean, some, there are some weeks when I'm too busy to even look at Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in a way, um, online communities are so different from like living in a community, right? So um, it, it seems, yeah, obviously it's much more of a commitment to live I, someplace. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I guess they are. Um, like, I don't like the community I live in, but I continue to live here.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, well. Because I like my house. Yeah. So. Um, but do you, so do you have to participate, like you're kind of default community person and in you in your you know, where you live it's just like, oh, this is where I live, so my neighbors are my neighbors, and hey, whatever. You yeah. know, like, you don't... And, and our neighborhood is very different. I mentioned this before. I've never lived in a place like this where everybody kind of looks out for each other, and somebody bakes something, and there's extra. They'll just walk, you know, down the street and give it to somebody else, you know. Or there's a guy who... um you know, is like pro, involved in produce. So sometimes we'll come home and there'll be like, you know, a 10 pound box of mushrooms or something on our porch, like something crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, that, that happens to be because you ended up in, a, in an area that you like what that community is, is about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, not Versus... everybody's
0: great, but you know, like there's <laughs> quite a few people that don't participate in it. And that's like what we're getting to. Like mm-hmm. there are certain people that I've, I've never even said hello to. I don't even look at it. The, but then there's other folks that are very closely involved with each other um the other day i needed to borrow a hand truck there were like four or five people i could think of off the top of my head that i could ask um and i've never really lived in a place where i'd even thought should i ask my neighbor for a hand truck like i just don't think that way i'm mm-hmm. kind of i um, much more of a, a i think that's in. pretty
1: rare though jeff
0: you think so <laughs> I,
1: I do hey how many places have you lived and this is the first time it's been that way I I don't know. I've hmm. I have very rarely lived in any place that was like that either. Really? And I don't know anybody else that really does. Um I think maybe neighborhoods um especially in densely packed you know, I've lived in mostly cities. I think neighborhoods are different in cities. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. Um not necessarily worse, but as far as this kind of active um communal aspect. And I don't know. I haven't lived in a lot. You know, I haven't. I don't know how many s- communities I've lived in or, or neighborhoods I've lived in. But um, because I am sure, every, if for every story I have to, to refute it, there is going to be somebody saying, "No way! My neighborhood in my city's awesome. We have block parties and everybody knows everybody." Yeah. I am still with you. I think that's much more of a rare case than than not. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I will say this: uh, it, it, it has drastically changed our quality of life in a lot of ways that I never would have expected before we moved in because I'd never had a neighborhood like this before. So. Well, I think that's, that's also,
1: great. um, we were talking about why Asheville has so many great breweries now and it's almost like a self-perpetuating environment because they get, you know, you want to be around people that will help support you and that you have a safety net. Right. right, right. So, so I think all these um brewers move to Asheville because there's other brewers. A- and they know that like, oh man, I just my hose just broke on doing this huge transfer of ten thousand dollars of this Imperial Stout. Uh I need a hose, ASAP. They can walk a hundred feet over to the <laughs> yeah. next guy, say, Can I borrow this from you for, you know, the day while I finish this? And that's no problem. Or you know, like the, it really did stick with me talking to these brewers in Colorado years ago when they were talking about what it was like of like, you know, you don't get your grain shipment. That could be the end of business for you, period. You're done because that means you don't get a brew until you get your next shipment in, which means you don't get beer out, which means you can't pay your rent, you know, and what that was like. And just being able to call up even a big brewery like Avery, they could, you know, go over there and say like, man, can I get, you know, a few thousand pounds of barley and, and just, just to get me through for this week. Right. And sure. We've got 50,000 pounds. Go ahead. And, (laughs) uh, you know, get it back to us when you're done.
0: Yeah. I, I guess you're right. Um, and I do think that the, the, there was a restaurant in town, not a close town, but maybe about an hour away. And, uh, we were eating dinner there and we noticed that across the street from them, another restaurant had opened. And this was a section of town that not many people went to. Um, but this, the place where we were currently eating was fantastic. And I was like, wow, this, this food is so good. But, you know what are you going to do when the place opens across the street? Like now you've got competition for this, you know, barren end of town. And he's like, no, I think it's fantastic because now more
1: people will come down there because now there's two restaurants to choose from. Yep.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't that's, necessarily, that's how
1: downtown areas work. If, like yeah, it, exactly. It pulls people in because there's choices to be made. Um, I, but I think that, I think there's a, eventually a limit to that with anything. And then, you know, the, um, parallel to the, you know, Apple, app or store. Apple. Yeah. Right. Is the same way where now the app store is so full of stuff that, you know, your competitors, once they get that dollar, somebody won't spend it with you. And it definitely has changed. Like I see a lot more backbiting and nitpicking and arguing among what I would call fairly small developers. Yep. Yep. And the, the, crazy stuff being thrown around of kind of, I don't know, sarc- sarcasm. And <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of weird to see for, for somebody like me that was always like seeing how developers behave towards each other for, I, I wasn't a developer. I was, you know, a consumer, but I, I was in forums and I, you know, was, I liked dealing with these people cause they're super nice and generous and honest And it definitely has changed quite a bit. Uh, I think there's still a lot of that there, but I see it kind of disappearing year after year, kind of evaporating, becoming more like the Windows. I also participated in in the Windows indie software arena, and that wasn't like that at all. Like, uh, you know, it was very much more cutthroat and more, uh, you know, screw them well Uh, yeah i'd rather rather you buy my stuff Um, yeah
0: like i mean i think your point of the market being the way it is and i think it's you know a lot of people are discovering this is that um there's only so much money people are willing to spend to some degree so if somebody bought your opponent's or your your competitor's uh application they're not going to buy two like, most people won't buy two. They'll buy one, yeah. and if it's not perfect, they'll be like, oh, well, I, I chose poorly, but I'm not going to buy another one, you know? and it, um, it
1: was easy to be competitors in a market where you were the only one making a task manager, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Everybody exactly. else had their own app that they were making, so it was easy to be, quote, competitors. Now, when there's 100 task managers, it's a lot different.
0: Right. It was like, you know, I'm not going to... If I made a blogging platform, I'm not going to make a task manager because there's already a task manager out there. So I should choose a different thing. Everybody could kind of carve out their own little piece of the pie. But now it's just, you know, thousands of people all eating uh, the same slice of pie. (laughs) And I (laughs) like pie. That's a bummer. Um, so, so yeah, I like, I I don't
1: like sharing pie though. No,
0: definitely not. I, uh, I do remember that about the Mac developers community in that I always felt like it was this little indie kind of, uh, it was more or less self-selecting.
1: Common enemy was Microsoft. Right. Right. Um, but that united you in your, um, enthusiasm for making something that was clearly anti Microsoft or against the Microsoft design pattern, you know right. it' was unique and apple like and um I don't know if the I guess the success of Apple in some way has reduced um that
0: collegiate like yeah uh, for sure like you attitude. know look at w w d c like uh in two thousand and seven there were you know seats left, and now there's a lottery. Um, so I bring it up because <laughs> if you were uh, a Pretty developer. Pretty soon it'll be, it'll
1: be uh, fights in an arena. <laughs> yeah,
0: to the death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it used to be that you would go to WWDC every year and you'd see the same people and you'd talk about the same stuff and you'd go to dinner together. And you, it was like this group of friends. Now, uh, you know, you can still go even if you don't get a ticket and hang out with those friends. But there's none of those new friendships really being made in the same way they were before and that's how mm-hmm. the community then evolves and changes over time it is it's less coherent it's less and and i'm, I'm saying and this, there was
1: mac world yeah. right and
0: there were other events to go to no that's true too yeah I'm, i guess i'm i'm kind of extrapolating this out to other communities because as as the community changes it may get tighter for a while um you, you know you see this a lot of times with the group that we're with uh, that that talks about beer all the time, there'll be a week when things are very, every night we're like, Oh, this is great beer week. And everybody's talking about posting about beers and, and, uh, and enthusiastic. And then it'll kind of tamp down and quiet down. Not that people are sick of it or whatever, but there's, it's these kind of uh, crests that people go through. And I think the bigger the community, um the the higher the the constant volume is you know yeah um, it's
1: easy it's easy to just drown everything out
0: right or or dip into it when you have time and there's still going to be that steady flow of information so you're not yep. like you're not you're not uh jumping back in and say okay guys you rubbing your hands say let's get the conversation moving again um because you know you've got some time or you got a new beer you want to talk about or whatever. You know, I was thinking about, um, gaming forums that I've been on. Oh
1: uh, Yeah. I wanted to ask you about forums. That was, <laughs> that was
0: my next one on the list. Um, yeah. Simpatico. Yeah. It's, it, I've been on, uh, a few gaming forums. Some of them have been, I've been on since the late, oh gosh, late nineties. That's a long time. Wow. Um, that, uh, that were I mean,
1: You were like, I don't know, 50 or 60 back then. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It all started, we were playing this online game, and I'd met a few friends playing on there, and they told me about something awful, forums for gaming. And uh, I just jumped on there, and I've been writing on it just very sporadically. I'm more of a, a reader than a writer. But um, that's another one of those things where it's surprisingly uh, coherent, a community, and maybe that's because they have such active uh, moderators, which is another thing we should bring up uh, mm. uh, with relation to hammers. Uh, yeah, yeah, the hammer. If there's no, if, there, if it's completely free form and everybody can say whatever they want, uh, it, it, this is something I thought about when I was kicking around ideas for this. You, if you have a, an unpleasant element that wants to disrupt the community or thinks that they're participating, but are misreading things and are just being kind of a jerk. Um, if there's no self policing or regular policing mechanism for that, they can destroy a community. So um, that's why, one of the reasons why I like something awful. Uh, NeoGAF is another gaming uh, forum. It's kind of the same. I hadn't read that before a couple of weeks ago, but you know, with something awful, you have to pay 10 bucks to be like a member. Uh, It's sort of a bozo filter in a way where the people who are going to pay 10 bucks don't want to get banned because they'd have to start up another account and pay another 10 bucks and nobody would know who they were. And so there's this kind of, uh, I guess it's fear in a way, but it's also a community pressure to not say something stupid and not be rude to somebody because, you know, you don't want somebody to have their feelings hurt and go to the moderator and say, hey, this person was a jerk. And they look at your post and say, yep. You're a jerk. Uh, you're banned for three days or a week or banned for life or whatever. So how do you think about that or what do you think about that whole kind of uh, policing mechanism? Because when you're trying, to, you're trying to hold the community together, in some ways you want everybody participating because if you go around banning people, I think the, the common thought is, well, I'm trying to start a community. I can't kick people out. But the, it, it's counterintuitive because if the bad people chase everybody good away— you've got a really toxic terrible community and i've seen that happen a few times not over gaming forums but just other forums like just it seemed like groups of friends but a couple bad apples just made all the good people leave and the only people left were the people you didn't want to talk to anyway so yeah um i have a particularly negative
1: attitude towards gaming forums anyways i mean yeah i've participated in them over many many years uh and it just, I don't know. I, I never really liked the attitudes there. It was very macho. <laughs> I hate yeah. to get into this too too much. It was, you know, chest, a lot more chest beating and silliness and no, you're stuff right. like that. No, you're just- I did, I used to be, a, be in a, a bunch of like Apple forums and our early two thousands, I was participating in a bunch of different groups, and there was a service called Hotline where you could chat, and um, there was just some really great forums out there. But I think I was this um, ultimately disappointed by a lot of them as they, you know, looked for a way to become profitable or make money, and they changed in ways. It was like, wow, I put a lot of time into this service or these groups of people. And now it's just kind of gross being here and they're, they're trading on everything that everybody's contributed. So I became a lot more cynical about joining anything. Um, I wish I could remember the names yeah. of some of
0: these. You don't strike me as a joiner forums. In, in general.
1: <laughs> I used to actually, like I had a great experience with, um, this it's going to seem weird, but like I, I used Devonthink for ages and ages. Right. Mm. And I was, a member of their forum and I would go to their forum every single day, like to see what people have posted, see what they've tried, what they've done and comments on things. And it was a really active, strange little forum because it was all for this one application that was really hard to explain to anybody. But because (laughs) like it brought everybody like together to solve similar problems, it was a lot of fun and they were a company that uh, I thought did it really well. They did moderate and they would come in and say like easy chill out um but they also did something really cool which is they hired some one of their people that was a key contributor in their forum who answered a lot of questions they basically hired him to be like an evangelist support person and that was really cool and so that was that was a really nice experience with the forum that kind of kept me from becoming totally soured on forums um just because I, I do think that you get to this point where you end up with people that, um, like, they, it's just their personality to not be kind and they yeah, thrive totally. on that. And then you have the other people that are, they don't really want a conversation. They just want an answer to this today's question and then they'll move along and not contribute back.
0: Right. Yep. You um, got the that stinks. Um,
1: <laughs> a forum that I do. I've found more interesting lately is the Plex forum.
0: Whoa, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, people who use Plex tend to be super smart about using Plex. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting to see comments there. Um, there's definitely like, uh, people that act like jerks on there. Um, I think but you're going to get that everywhere. And it's not, uh, really moderated. Like the, it, it's mostly moderated by other users, basically saying I'm going to withhold information from you that you want because you're a jerk. <laughs> and uh, it does work, which is why I tend to like it. But, you know, if those users ever left, I wouldn't want to return to the Plex Forum. Um hmm. That's an other forums. One. I probably will never, ever join a game forum. Like, I just have had such bad experiences yeah, in game forums. I never
0: thought I would either. But Something Awful is definitely... Um, Definitely different from any other forum i've read that are that I would consider a game forum, um, and it 's not just gaming I think that 's probably why they have a whole section on called Pet Island, which is you know people who are, have interest in say chickens, uh, which we got recently there's like a <laughs> one hundred and seventy eight page thread on you know people 's <laughs> experience with chickens and and people that's down cool. there who are vets who give you advice and
1: which it, it is super awesome when you come across a forum that is just so full of wonderful information
0: yeah i think and if it's if it's not toxic to the point where people who are experts can come and feel like they can give an answer and not be shouted down by somebody who disagrees with them um you end up getting some really good advice uh or thoughts and and uh something awful has this thing called ask tell threads where um somebody who's an expert or is interested in something just says, Hey, here's a thread. Um, uh, I am a person who's interested in Buddhism and I've been doing it for 25 years. Ask me any questions and I'll answer them. Right. And then it turns yeah, into cool. this, this group of people like, Hey, I'd never even had anybody I can ask questions about this before. Well, So
1: how do, how do you feel about Reddit?
0: <sighs> do you participate in Reddit much? Um, I think Reddit is a weird mix. Some of the threads that I've read on Reddit have been uh, the worst toxin toxins I've ever experienced. Like, the, <laughs> I call it the 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 YouTube comments of forums most of the time. I'm not a big Reddit fan yeah, at all. Me neither, um,
1: because because of that, because there'll be a couple quality things surrounded by garbage, garbage it's like you know, garbage. diamonds at the bottom of the
0: sewer. Yeah. So if you can get uh, a you know a link to a subreddit of that's not toxic, that's run by mm-hmm. people who know what they're talking about and, and will kind of quote-unquote punish people who aren't cool uh, with the kind of adhering to the rules of that you set forth, you know, um, then you're okay. But I would say that's like one in a hundred on Reddit, and um, I'm yeah, frankly always surprised that people uh, use that
1: forum <laughs> <laughs> as a way but to a, communicate. What about uh, Stack Exchange? Uh,
0: Stack Exchange is, is a good one for those of you who don't know it's a, it's a way to ask kind of technical questions about a lot of different things um, usually I go to it for coding questions and people yeah, that go- stack that stack overflow stack for code, code right I'm sorry. Yep. yeah stack exchange I don't think I've
1: ever stack exchange well stack exchange is a generic similar. term yeah, right similar it, it's an umbrella for a bunch of different um, communities yeah, around that's topics true. so there's one for there actually is a brewing one there's one on um, chemistry there's one on physics math um everything almost any topic you could think of somebody's proposed and started. The way yeah. it works is you propose a topic and then it kind of gets voted on in a way and they decide if they want that topic to be its own. Yeah,
0: I was on the community th- the uh, Dungeons right? and Dragons one when my kids were asking some questions about that and they had a pretty active Stack Exchange community yeah. forum for that. Um no. And you I- get you get points, you get yeah. like
1: cred for your answers. It gets voted up whether or not your answer is good. Um, that is purely, I don't, I don't know if I would qualify that as a community. It's almost like, um, a question answer board in a way. Like it, it's not really so much discussions as it is, here's my question. And then 10 people rush to give an answer so that they can get the points. Yeah. And then, then you vote whether or not one of them was the best answer. <laughs> and,
0: um, I'm not a big fan of those. And th- I think that whole,
1: I love reading I just don't like competing in them. Well, I like competing. Like I, I don't like contributing, well, which is competing. It is
0: competing. And I think that's why Stack Overflow is so good because there's so many ways to solve problems with coding. And so when you say you have a question and there's 25 answers, if you don't have any way to discern which of those 25 is actually good, <laughs> you've got a lot of coding to do to figure out which one's going to work best for you. Yeah. Um, whereas with those upvotes and downvotes, the, the cream rises to the crop, so to speak. But, um, you know, forum likes something awful. There isn't anything like that. It's much more of a, just a long.
1: You have to read in- through and pick the best
0: answer yeah. according
1: to yourself. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I, and I kind of like that, especially because if somebody is inaccurate, they have uh forum thread moderators who will say, you know, keep. Keep it on topic, or you yeah. know, you, you got a warning, or you can get probated for hours or something like that for a, a, a mm. flame, flame, uh, inducing like if you're being a jerk. yeah. yeah. And okay. it's kind of a, just a here's your cool down period. If two people are arguing, they can just, you know, give them a, a timeout essentially. Um, I just saw a really interesting exchange on the Plex
1: forum that was self regulating in a way. Um, somebody had. Uh, it was a thread on using a Synology for a Plex server, right? Uh, it was, in the, and I get notifications on it because it's an age-old thread that I have participated in. And every once in a while, it would like crop up where there's a bunch of activity on it, and somebody just came in. <clears throat> they weren't really asking a question; they were making kind of a negative comment about you guys are all idiots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a synology, a synology doesn't work for a Plex server, and you know, there's some super smart people on there like. Uh, this isn't actually a helpful comment. And then the person came back like, "Well, I've done X, Y, and Z, and the the um, video is really laggy when I play 1080p. So the Synology doesn't support 1080p." And then you know the authorities all come in. The authorities meaning users who are super smart, and they're like, "No, you don't understand video <laughs> encoding." And they kind of like tore this person apart to the point like the person finally was like. I'm sorry, you know, that wasn't my intent. I was just really frustrated because I spent a lot of money on something and it didn't do what I wanted. You <laughs> yeah. <know? And laughs> eventually culpa, they, essentially, they made a little step towards adulthood. And yeah. <laughs> it was really nice to see. And then the person became very cordial and collaborative and hmm. got a ton more information of people like, okay, well, here you go. Go in here, check your profile. And they're like, oh, I'm missing a profile for wow. my Roku. And they're like, ah, so the problem is your Roku. (laughs) Your Roku is being given a video that it doesn't know how to decode. So it's forcing transcoding to occur. And like they went really deep into solving this problem. And that would have never, um, I don't think that would have ever happened with a system that wasn't a forum that was just based on purely submitting a question to a vendor. And saying, please give me an answer. Why is my video choppy?
0: Right yeah I guess you're right um and but i do i guess i I come down on the side of um we're talking about communities that are kind of established and they've kind of elbowed out their own uh space you know mm-hmm. in a way, and they've got uh people who use the forum to communicate with one another about solving problems and all that stuff but there's a there's a, the the flip side I think is these fledgling communities and how you start them and how you get something like that off the ground. Is it possible? Is it all luck? Is it something you can manufacture? Um, I remember, wow, there's a couple of bands that I, uh, you know, this band built a spill I liked and it, you they would, <laughs> I think that there's there comments going around about how, you know, you would go to their shows and it'd be kind of bros out in the audience and their music's not something that would be popular. And I just remember thinking like, they must not be thrilled with their fan base, you know. Like they can't choose who likes them, right? And they can't choose who promoted their album. And now this this crowd that they may not be people they ha- they would hang out with ever are yeah. now their their fans, and they follow them around, and they mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's a it's an interesting yeah. Uh, you don't
1: you don't get to choose who likes your stuff once you put it out there <laughs> exactly.
0: Right? And um, that's been a pretty. Uh, I guess, eye-opening experience thinking about this stuff, going to see those bands, putting out an app, participating in forums, like, you know, when you do some or having a blog, man, you write something and you get this feedback that can oh, range oh, in. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's what uh, you know as well as I do. In fact, you allow comments, so you can get a lot more direct feedback. I get mostly uh, emails of people who have questions and have genuine Ideas. Um, sometimes have go, you know, I go back and forth with them and try different things and ideas. And there was a somebody sent me an email this week, uh, related to last week's podcast. And I was like, you know what? That's, I, we didn't really talk about that. I should, I should follow up. Oh, you mean we have some well actually? We have a little well actually. Yeah.
1: Oh man, that's supposed to go up front. Why didn't you <laughs> put that in like a, a
0: note or something? I was just thinking about it. And what's our well actually? Uh, well, one of them was, um, I talked about an Alfred workflow um, that, that I use every day to put tasks into my task paper. And so I posted that. There's a blog post out on my website, Technology Notes, um, Alfred workflow follow-up, where I post the code for doing that. So you can mm-hmm. do that. The other one is um, we've gotten some feedback uh, via Twitter. Somebody asked if we, in Sublime Text, were using the compatibility mode for task paper. We do. We both do. You do, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just use the regular old hyphen, you know, the dashes to denote things because you can make it, you know, be a checkbox or a, you know whatever you want to do. So we just, yeah. I use regular hyphen and just it's consistent all the way across. Um, although in editorial it, it converts that into a little checkbox, which is kind of handy.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just a visual affectation. Yes.
0: Um, but those are the two actuallys I had, and thanks for the feedback, mm. and thanks for listening. Yeah, we got. A, it seemed like there was a lot of people who are curious, task manager curious about what <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> last week, yeah. um, because it, it's definitely different than uh, the typical I guess I'll say. All right. Beer two. Beer number two. Yeah. So uh, another, so actually the, before this, is, this. This is
1: a very different piece of the community in Asheville. Yeah. Um, than Sierra Nevada. So Sierra Nevada isn't as much of a part of the community. <laughs> like as in they're not downtown. They bought a hundred acres. They spent m- maybe a hundred million dollars on it. <laughs> or more. Um so they're like the rock star of the indie scene, <laughs> in, in a way. So, um, Oscar Blues is very much like we do it because we love it, and we're not a big company, and we do things ourselves and differently. Yeah, <laughs> they sure do. So, right? <laughs> because we so, we would
0: go from one brewery to the next, and uh, going from Sierra Nevada to Oscar Blues was a was a huge. Uh, step, yeah, not well, down well, or up. It's just Sierra different. Sierra Nevada
1: has little stones made out of, they, they remelted basalt. So they took lava, let it cool, then remelted it and formed it into bricks. And that's how they make their hallway. Uh, Oscar Blues is a dirt road that runs into an area that you might expect to dump bodies. <laughs> yeah. And I think we uh, commented
0: on that when we were driving Yeah. In
1: and and it's it's it doesn't seem like you're going to the right place when you go but once you're there it's a really great atmosphere
0: yeah they they um you know part of their company you know corporate ethos i guess you could say is they're really into this outdoorsy stuff they have a bike company called reeb which is beer backwards mm-hmm. uh that does uh custom bikes and the owners are hugely into outdoor stuff and so they wanted to buy a location that was outside of town but near a park Uh, They have near trails, bike riding, Near bike trails, right? Yeah. Um, And so, like Gabe said, you're you're going out past these dump zones. And uh, (laughs) it's like in this corporate park in a tiny little town that you would never expect to see uh, a a big brewery in. And um, you just come upon a little stone parking lot. And there's bikes strewn all over the place. There's dogs, kind of stone gravel, gravel. Yeah, (laughs) it's not
1: it's not like a nicely laid stone. (laughs) It's just gravel. It's a gravel drive and a gravel parking lot and a big, like tin roof building. Yep. um, Uh, Dogs laying under dogs laying around (laughs) and picnic benches that are seen better days and uh, kegs stacked up as high as you can imagine. Yeah,
0: and everybody there is super nice. And, uh, you know, you go into the actual brewery to, to buy some beer. They have a little bar set up in there with some really cool stuff on tap. But, you know, meanwhile, there's fermenters that you're walking by just bubbling away, brewing the beer. you yeah. that's uh,
1: cool. You're walk- and, and their decorations are essentially old beer cans hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah,
0: and Mardi Gras beads. And, um, you know, they had like a barrel of peanuts, and you could take peanuts down to your table, and uh, with your awesome beers that they have, some of the... That, that was the best part. is like, these places
1: have beers that you usually can't get in the marketplace. Right. And Oscar Blues was definitely... Like, they put beers on that I bet you uh, they probably made one keg of. Yeah. Like that, that white stout yeah. that we had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was, it looked like a pale ale, but tasted like the darkest stout, like coffee stout. It was amazing. Um, but they sold out in like, half a day yeah it was and and this wasn't a super busy place yeah it
0: was uh (laughs) that was definitely an interesting one um and i'd had uh i think it's called master of disguise by stone and that's what this reminded me of it is you know it's just they call it a white stout and it just Mm -hmm. just was shocking to drink but i'd never seen that before um so what is it what is this this isn't a white stout This is something that people can actually buy. This is something that you can buy, and they have pretty wide distribution on this, because as I said, this is, we said to start off, they are a, they're a Colorado brewery, right? Yeah. Um, But this one does say Brevard, North Carolina, which is where we were. Um, This is Deviant Dale's India Pale Ale. This is their double. Uh, They have another beer called Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, This is Deviant Dale's, Um, and it's an 8% IPA. Uh, kind of a dark caramel-colored thing, and uh, it's—I really love this beer. I've had it many times. It's got times. a
1: huge, like, um, not astringent. What's the word for that? It, it's not that fresh hop smell. It's what you, what most people think of when they smell a like a traditional mm-hmm. West Coast IPA
0: sort of like the uh, Arrogant Bastard type of smell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, this reminds me a lot of Arrogant Bastard. It smells bitter. It, really <laughs> <good. laughs> it smells really good. It smells really yeah. good. I'm going to drink it. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's a great beer.
1: Peppery. It's got a lot of pepper flavor for me. Yeah.
0: It's pretty um, zingy. A uh, lot of bitterness, lingering bitterness. Um, but It has a sweetness up front. Ah, boy. It's, I love this
1: stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, um, pretty strong, bitter, leathery yeah. IPA. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking mine at 55, which is uh, probably just about right. If it was any
0: warmer than this, I, I don't think I would enjoy it. Um, well, mine I'm sure is warmer than this. I'm noticing that compared to the last time I've had, it's much more caramel notes and mm-hmm. things like that. I really love it, even though it's a little bit warmer. This is one of my uh, wife's yeah. favorite beers, too. Um Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's tasty. That's an A. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, lo- I loved the Oscar blues. Like, we sat out at the bench in the sun and ate peanuts and played cornhole, which is... Not how it sounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite there was that mosaic uh, little yellow pills. They Like, they made a special batch of little yellow pills with, um, I don't know if it was fresh hop. Or not? I didn't, but I didn't have that. With mosaic coffee. I tasted yours. Awesome. It was good.
0: Um, it was good. I, I couldn't stop drinking the draft 1050. 1050 is <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite stouts. Yeah. And so every time we went twice, we went the first time after Sierra Nevada and uh, loved it. And, but we didn't want to stay too late. So we went back to town. And the next day, we were trying to decide what to do. And we're like, let's go to Oscar Blues.
1: <laughs> I think we went to Sierra Nevada first and then Oscar Blues the se- the right? again. Se-
0: no, the second day we, we did Oscar Blues first and then Sierra Nevada and then we okay. had lunch. Yeah. Um, because we didn't get to really eat much at Sierra Nevada and the food looked amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we could kind of sit and, and eat food. Um, and the hours seemed to be kind of, uh, I don't know, they roll up the carpets. They roll them out late and they roll them up early in Nashville. So, <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, yeah. It's like they open at 11 and close at 10
0: usually. Yeah. Or, or yeah, something like that. It, it depended on the day. Um, yeah. And so uh, boy, that ten fifty on draft was awesome. But yeah. So um, I had a Deviant Dales uh, on draft the first day, which was amazing. And um you know, it kind of prompted us to say we should do an Asheville show. So um, I think this is the – I don't know if they're two of my favorite beers of the weekend, but they're certainly up there with uh, some of the favorites that uh, we kind of experienced over the weekend. And I would rec- – they're pretty wide distribution too, so people should be able to find them, at least in yep. the U.S., hopefully and overseas you probably too.
1: not you probably won't find a bad Oscar Blues beer.
0: I have not had any dis- had any disappointments yet. Um,
1: you want to uh, you want to describe where the name ten fifty comes from? Because I think that says something about community.
0: That's a that's a good point. Um, so there was-
1: 1050. ten fifty t e n
0: the word ten and then fifty is f i d y. Yeah. Um, and I you know I don't know if this is anecdotal or if this is true, but it certainly fits. There was an article on Gear Patrol which I'll now have to remember to put in the show notes, uh, with Dale Katetchus, I think his name is, the guy who started mm-hmm. it. And the last paragraph said that their their um, kind of belief system was summed up in the name of their Beer 10 Fitty, which Fitty stands for um, Fuck the Industry, Do It Yourself. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that kind of sums it up. That's community... That's a community uh sentiment right there um and I think uh you know he really this place really showed that they were doing it they were doing it their own way, and I yeah. think that those are the kind of places where if if you have enough people doing it their own way that's when those communities like and if and they're like minded and polite about it um that's when communities <laughs> kind of <laughs> Kind of like spry and, and polite. Fuck the industry. Well, um, polite with each other. I mean, obviously, one, not...
1: one thing that stands out about Oscar Blues is they're one of the first breweries I could think of that was really um, forward in adopting cans. Oh yeah, so good point. All the beers come in cans. Um, even if you go get a growler, they have something called a crowler, yes. <laughs> which is a giant can that they fill like a like a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. They fill it up. It looks like a, a metal bucket. And then they crimp
0: a lid to it. Yes. And
1: and it's sealed like a can. You open it like a can and then you get to pour your beer out.
0: And it lasts for much longer than a, than a growler. Right.
1: But they are – all the beers are in cans.
0: So uh, – And I think that was at odds with the rest of the
1: craft beer industry for a long time. And I think still to this day there's some friction or debate even in that small community about cans.
0: Well, did, did you – know why they decided that cans were the way they wanted to do all their their beer canning or whatever packaging uh, no well no, um, shipping I don't know. no packaging. um because of the outdoor thing if you're going oh, yeah, outdoors yeah doing outdoor stuff you don't want to carry bottles Throw them in a backpack yeah yeah so they wanted to have something that was durable wasn't going to shatter if you you know fell off your bike or something like that and uh and so uh, they went with cans. I think I think that's cool because I mean there may have, that may have been the apocryphal you know reason for it, but it definitely fits with their their ethos. You know they set yeah. out there. So yeah, <laughs> I am a big yeah. fan of so Oscar I, Blues. But
1: I, but I think the their uh, the name Fiddy comes from more of the uh, you know don't worry about what the big industry is doing. Do your own thing that makes you happy. Yep. And I don't think it has anything to do with like, screw all the other small guys like us. No, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's the um, uh,
0: it's the the herd, you know, state you mm-hmm. know, don't worry about what the herd thinks. Uh do your own do your own thing. Um And that was a that was another nice thing uh, down there is each brewer was
1: like recommending going to other places. Yeah, this was totally cool, right? They're like, Oh, you definitely have to go check this place out and he's you know, this guy's got some really cool stuff or go here uh like the first place we stopped was you know actually a friend of ours um his friend works there um which was haw
0: river yeah, brewing one of, that was one of my even favorite long places. before we got into Asheville. Yeah.
1: and he recommended a bunch of places including the sierra nevada place yeah
0: right yeah speaking of which haw river is one of my favorite stops on the yeah, trip yeah haw
1: river is awesome but you probably won't be able to get their stuff unless you're in north carolina yes
0: uh um if they they make really 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 good beers but you're right yep. like he was like oh, check out burial check out this check out that and uh he was flora fanta yeah flora fanta, fanta was fanta, awesome fanta flora fanta flora yeah fanta flora okay fanta, yeah fanta flora they were in Morganton uh, on the way out to Asheville but um yeah that's another thing is when you're part of a community you don't worry so much You mentioned this kind of same thing with the Mac guys. You don't worry so much about the competition of, you know, somebody's going to beat you to an idea or whatever, because you're, you feel like, well, I'm still taking care of the, you know, the the bigger, the bigger good here. Like if everybody here does well, whether, you know, this is my business or my buddy's business, you know, we're overall, we're going to be better, better off. Right. So if he recommends, uh, all of these Asheville breweries and we come back and talk about it on a podcast, you know, and people go down and visit, it's great for him, you know, <laughs> it's growing the overall community yeah, of, absolutely. Of, uh, of beer drinkers coming down to Asheville, North Carolina. And obviously there is a lot of them, because like you said, in the beginning, there's everybody sitting in a, in a bar uh, had something to say about Asheville breweries. Uh, Wicked Weed was awesome too, by the way. I just want to send a, yeah, Make I was just comment. looking through my list while you're
1: talking. <laughs> I was scrolling through like everything that I had there, and uh, Wicked Weed was great. Yeah,
0: super good. Um, but yeah, I I love this beer. This Steeping is great, and I recommend it to anybody. <laughs> and I just want to keep drinking it. You hmm. have some more.
1: Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Definitely, definitely look for uh, Oscar Blues. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, communities. Hmm. So, when was the last time you joined a new community?
0: Um, community
1: is such a weird, weird word.
0: To, it is
1: for, for virtual relationships. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> boy, it's been a long time. I guess the group that I uh, tend to hang out with uh, for games have all known each other for years and years. Um, we knew each other in an old online game, and then we just kind of hung out in IRC for the for the last, I don't know, 15 years or something ridiculous. Jeez. Oh, um, old men. Yeah, old IRC men. And uh, yeah. so I would say, you know, that kind of satisfies the need I have for, hey, guys, do you know how to do X or Y? Um, this, they're also really, really smart about computers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I have a technical question, uh, there's a large enough um, – Brain trust there that I can get an answer fairly easily. Um, so I think that kind of sat, that plus something awful generally is all I have time for. Uh, and sometimes not even that uh, on the game front. Um, and then I think on the beer side of things, like in you know beer community, friends who are trying things, uh, we have the Slack group that is uh, kind of small, uh, but yeah. I think it's a great group of guys. That's the last well, one did, I joined, did, uh... though.
1: That's the last one you joined? Uh, well, you were in the previous incarnation, too, before yes, Slack, true. so I, I consider that the same thing. Don't you think, like, maybe ADN was the last thing you joined?
0: Um, App.net? I think that I was in this beer thing after ADN started. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, ADN's one of those ones where, like, I kind of feel like I reached my threshold of social networks from just, just through Twitter, almost. Like, I, I barely have time for Twitter. I didn't want any more. Than nah, that. It was too much to keep up with. Well,
0: for me, it was I'd stopped reading Twitter and started reading ADN. So it wasn't yeah. like I was doing both. And I didn't think I could do both for the same reason you mentioned. I just like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm leaving Twitter and I'm going over here. I uh, yeah. didn't like Twitter's policies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but now I'm back because it's really, it's really of all of the social networks, it's still. Um, it's the one that's like, it's kind of does stuck. it for me? Yeah. And, and the reason why, part of the reason why it's stuck is because I can tune it. Uh, so efficiently at this point yeah. um, with TweetBot. I don't know that I could do it with anything else, but with TweetBot, I can tune it pretty well uh, to just see the stuff that's not going to piss me off, because there's a mm-hmm. lot that pisses me off on Twitter. I would not say that it's a community, though. I don't feel like Twitter, to me, is...
1: I think it's... it's uh, it develops a small, organically grown communities within
0: Twitter. Maybe. Like the, Whereas twi- oh, Twitter is like- the network. You know,
1: Twitter's the network, and then you get little clicks of people with similar interests that all follow each other, and then they can see all of each other's conversations and comment and stuff like that. That's when it becomes like a community. Yeah, I guess that's um, a community. When you're all following the same people.
0: Yes, and it's kind of a, a conversation that, that follows a specific um, kind of coherent cooperative thread. Um, um, actually, I would, I would disagree with that
1: because the threads almost always are different. Different from moment to moment. Well, like I follow people that sometimes they'll talk about a game, and then other times they'll talk about politics, and then another mm. time they'll talk about um something that somebody did stupid online. And uh, maybe it's not a
0: thread meaning a topic, but there's like a thread of continuity. How about that? Like a thread, like the conversation that you're having is kind of like you and I have conversations right they all kind of follow this thread of of thought all the way through them they may be we may be talking about games or fear hopefully or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> we'll let sometimes everybody. i'm not quite sure <laughs> That's a good point um but yeah you're right so so twitter being almost like the network and the communities kind of using that uh network in ways right. that that makes sense to them and no one
1: agreed i'm joining a community about x right when they when they joined twitter they're like i'm just connecting to this service and then i'll find my way through because i've like i've changed who i follow over the years and my twitter used to be about one area and then it became about a different area and then different people came in and other people left and um you know it's it's really one of the few services i've been in that's so fluid and Easy to transition from one area to another just based on like I'm gonna follow these other people now and pay attention to them, and interact with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, it's neat. Yeah, it is. It is a neat uh, experiment, I guess. There's a it, it, it exhibits much like some of those other communities we talked about. Is there's some really good stuff that can come out of it, and there's some pretty terrible stuff that comes out of it too. Um, well, that's like,
1: that's society.
0: That's, that's humans.
1: Anything you put humans into, <laughs> good. you have that potential same outcome yep. of well. <laughs> like, oh, now everybody's going to be terrible to each other because that's
0: what we do. Yeah. But, you know, how much. That's That's why I'm saying it's more of a network than a community because in a community, I don't think. Yeah, in a well-functioning one, you don't have people being terrible, terrible to each other. Nah, no, that's not true. <laughs> no, and are you?
1: Ki- yeah, are you, are you kidding? <laughs> well, like I don't think you. Of course, they're terrible to each other. That's like you've never heard of um, people gossiping about each other, about their neighbors, or um, people that are members of the same church, like doing things against. Other members of the same church or um well we're we're all friends except when I'm friends with these other people now I'm talking bad about you like that's normal community human community I guess yeah, yes, you're
0: right um I guess i I was thinking more of the the aspect of if everybody was singing off the same you know song sheet uh things are gonna go a lot easier as far as you know easy communication sharing of ideas um rather than you know and uh Like an actual physical community. So I get get what you're saying for sure. So something
1: weird about Twitter that happens to me is I forget that there's a lot of people following me that don't necessarily – they're not really my friends, right? They're not (laughs) – and they may have totally different – they may be people I wouldn't even choose to have as friends because they have different worldviews that I either don't agree with or don't participate in and occasionally i'll say something and i'll get responses back that are really shocking to me because i'm used to my interactions being with people that i feel comfortable talking to and then suddenly it'll be a total stranger that says something either really aggressive or surprisingly dumb or <laughs> like you know something like that i'm like oh yeah this isn't
0: this is not this a thing. this is a party chat line it's not yeah, a private line and
1: that's that's okay i just kind of ignore those people sometimes i'll block them but rarely well, so um, how
0: do you feel about these kind of uh, disparate, malcontent elements in a in a community? Do you think they're necessary? Do you think they help it? Um, y- oh, I don't think they
1: help it. I think they're just natural. Hmm. Like there's always going to be people doing crappy things. Like I don't. I, I think that I don't think I've ever been part of a group of any any um, vocation or. Um, hobby or anything that there wasn't somebody doing something crappy.
0: At least one person. Right? I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of a situation <laughs> yeah. where that hasn't happened and I think you're right. I'm running yeah. out of choices. I mean, I, when
1: I was a kid, I was in like science clubs and Boy Scouts and uh, I did uh, yeah, all, all kinds of like group activities where you joined a group and there was always somebody that was like a in head <laughs> did something <laughs> did something totally self-serving or because they were just wanted to see sometimes i think people have just this natural inclination to try to design and execute a social experiment like to see i want to see what happens how this person responds to this stimulus
0: right but isn't <laughs> isn't that sociopathic behavior
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay um, just check
0: uh-huh. um so uh how do you uh think that our beer community uh will receive our comments about these beers. I don't
1: know. Sometimes I don't like the beer community. And in, in that, you know, I can I read comments on beer forums and beer advocate and stuff like that that I just don't like. No, oh, I'm the same I place. mean, I, I just don't like the absolute, you're an idiot if you think this about this beer. No, I agree. You know, that's really super weird. And partly because I think the, the beer community around things like Rape Beer and Beer Advocate are very much about metrics and measuring and opinions turned into scores. Um, and so it matters. Like it, like you don't want to be wrong because this thing received a 10 or a four or three star or whatever, and you gave it a five star. So clearly you have bad taste.
0: I think there's also, um, you talked about gaming forums being about yep. kind of, you know, dick swinging or whatever. I think beer beer forums are almost worse in a lot of ways these days. Um, depending on the forum that you're reading, because everybody is is you know they're after the most unique beer experience, and if you didn't have it, you're not you know a real beer drinker. Or if you thought you know if you think Sierra Nevada Hop Hunter IPA is is an A, you're crazy. Oh, I'm,
1: sure, I'm sure we'll get crap about choosing that beer because I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's purists who are like you can't add hop oil; that's not a beer. Or other people being like, oh, Sierra Nevada, they produce too many barrels a year to be considered a craft beer Correct. whatever it happens to be. But, you know, like I said, it's always going to be in every community. I also love seeing people that haven't really had beer come in and be like, whoa, I just had this thing called an Imperial Stout. And it it is amazing, Mm -hmm. right? That's super cool, too.
0: Um, I'm getting to see that um, kind of firsthand with my wife just getting into beer. You know, I'm seeing that person who doesn't have any of these trappings of good beer versus bad beer, big company versus small company. She has no idea what's going yeah. on in the beer community. And I put a beer in front of her, she tastes it, she says that she likes it or she doesn't. Um, and, you know, it's almost uh, – I'm kind, of, <laughs> kind of envious of her in some ways <laughs> because she doesn't – you know, it, in the end, you're drinking beer because you think it tastes good. So – yeah. Uh, and you don't really need a community for it. But that said, our little beer group—I uh, have found—and this is what communities, I think, are good for. And this might be a good thing to wrap up of because we can rate our beers. Is that they can they can lead you to places you hadn't you couldn't really find on your own easily, right? So a lot of the yep. stuff that's listed on that beer, on our beer group, uh, I'd never heard of, and I'm super glad to have heard of it after <laughs> they mention it because um, I would. I look at my grades and beers that I've tasted over the last year and a half, and uh, I guess my my taste has gotten better. Um, and uh, I've really had some interesting beer related experiences over the last two years. I mean, you know, I never would have expected going to Brooklyn on a beer extravaganza or to Asheville. Or, yeah, that was super super fun yeah, too. It was, it was mm-hmm. great. It was really good.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little torn. I don't tend to like communities that have scores associated with them where people participate because they're trying to gain some cred. Um, but on the other hand, I think those are communities that tend to be fairly well behaved because yeah. your cred is dependent upon people liking your opinion and <laughs> like what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, I'm really torn there. It ends up being just, I don't, join very many communities (laughs) of things like I, you know we just you know a a back channel discussion I bought a PS4 right and I have zero interest in joining any PS4 communities because I just don't care about people's scores or any of that kind of stuff on the other hand I do want to like talk to people about like I don't understand this part of the storyline or what's a good game for my kid you know That kind of stuff is hard to determine without experienced people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I've been playing a game called Bloodborne, which came out recently. And it is – I wanted to bring this up, actually, um, but we're going to run late. But uh, this guy's uh, (laughs) games, the guy who created this game, they have – the story is all discovered. It's not very overt. And the mechanics of the game are all discovered, and they're not well explained. And so Mm -hmm. – communities spring up around these games where everybody collaboratively tries to figure out what the hell's going on. Like how does this work? And I just did this thing and this thing happened elsewhere. Like, is that a causal? Like did I did that did I make that happen? Is it just luck that it happened that way? So people are puzzling this thing out right now. And so what's what's kind of cool is some of those guys who are in the IRC chat, we we hang out in a PS4 party chat and just kind of exchange ideas. Um And, you know, it's super laid back and, but I would say that's a little community around this game, you know, and, and it's happening on forums too. Like the, the, my Mm. buddy sent me the thread on, um, NeoGAF and it was like 180 pages in two days or something like that of people asking questions, answering questions, showing videos, showing screenshots, trying to all piece this thing together in this kind of, um, puzzle. That they could do online.
1: They all have a common goal that they're participating in,
0: right? Yeah. Um and it's it's kind of neat. Um, so you should you should join our PS4 party chat. You can Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of game is not for me. I know it's like first
1: thing I did with PS4 was played flower. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Which is pretty much just steering a little flower around the screen (laughs) for an hour. Um I'm sure your daughter loved
0: it. She did actually. It was, it was a lot of fun. That was actually a check just to make sure you were playing it with your daughter and not just on your own.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am attempting to play Far Cry, whatever number they're on now, Four.
0: which is has its
1: own frustrations. <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> weird weird decisions
0: um yeah it's fun stuff though um but there are some pretty i met some really really cool people the reason why i brought that up is last night i was playing i was in one of these chats and some guy who i'd never met jumped in he turned out to be a friend of one of my other friends and um that's neat and it turns out he was just another kind of old older sensible person who wasn't like one of these yammering morons uh who are you know, just making a lot but
1: clearly didn't have an aversion to joining a um a forum or anything, right? Yeah. So that that's the other thing is like, I may find a forum I like, but I'm so I so rarely join any of them, um, anymore that uh, it's it's not all that common, right? Like joining the Plex forum was a real, like I don't even remember why I did. Uh, it it was prompted by my Synology, and even that. I still don't go to it very often, <laughs> yeah,
0: like but. I said, I'm not often posting in these things, but I do like reading them, and yeah. every once in a while, if I have something to say that's pertinent that I feel like I might know better than somebody else i'll I'll say something, but most of the time, I'm just trying to gather thoughts and information for myself, and i mean i think I think uh community's okay for this stuff, um yeah. speaking of which then uh for for the community. Did we mention this this Oscar Blues is a 16 ounce can? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna can. say I know it's I'm gonna be seeing double. I think I'm gonna end up giving my wife most of this when I go downstairs. Um what did you give these beers? What did you rate them in Tapsoa?
1: Uh Hop Hunter, I believe I gave an A minus, um, which is actually a pretty good beer a pretty pretty good rating for me. Yeah, it is you, you rate everything lower. <laughs> I'm I'm stingy with grades. Um deviant Dales. B plus.
0: See, you're you are
1: stingy. That's an that's an older older grade for me too. I I don't think I had Deviant Dales when we were there. I
0: gave them both an A. I mostly
1: a. had other things. So um,
0: yeah, they're they're both. You gave them both an both A an A actually. Um, and you know
1: what? I think I'm just a little burnt out on that traditional West Coast IPA taste of like a lot of bitter, mm-hmm. um, like leathery is my description for it. Like your tongue <laughs> remembers that you just drank this beer, like that you drank this beer an hour ago. Your tongue remembers that because it's, it was such a, an experience. Yeah. Um, well, was, whereas Hop Hunter is really light on the palate in that, like once you're done drinking it, you just,
0: it, it's not still lingering. No, it's, and that's one of the reasons why I like it is it's different mm-hmm. from the other IPAs that I've been drinking. I love the way that it comes, comes and goes and it doesn't linger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. one last thing, uh, what was the best, uh, two beers or so, three beers that you had when we were in North Carolina. Oh,
1: wow. Hmm. Man, is a long list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just sorted by grade. Uh, into the Event seller. Horizon. Yeah, me too. The
1: Event Horizon by Old Hickory. That was my uh, top. Our friend, our friend brought. That was an A+. Yeah, that, I gave that an um, A+, plus
0: too. That was the best beer I had all weekend.
1: That was a tremendous Imperial Stout. And I'm not, like, I like Imperial Stouts, but I'm not, like, a Imperial Stout person. I also he brought a thick freakness aged in corn whiskey barrels that also got an A plus <laughs> from you. me.
0: That's funny, yeah. And, and um, then the barrel aged Norwal I gave an A plus as well. Um, those are the three favorites. My favorite stout was the Amorous at Wicked Weed. You really missed out on mm-hmm. that one. It was an awesome beer. Uh,
1: I like the white stout at Oscar Blues. That got an A but i made a note that it got an a partly for originality like in that <laughs> it was it was so shocking that a a, a beer that light tasted like a stout mm.
0: so and then uh i think the other sour that i really liked uh was major arcana belgian black sour at haw river i love that beer uh that was a, that was an a for me as well
1: uh, haw river got a couple couple a's for me yeah. they um but i liked yeah the belgian chocolate rice um what was that? Belgian chocolate rice stout.
0: Wow, I didn't have that one.
1: I liked that one. Um, Wicked weed, the Terra Locale Lucius Notore, uh, which is a saison that got an A. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, you let me taste that one. That was good. Yeah. So
1: the- and we had we had two Tok- uh we had the Tokyo. stout oh, yeah. That also got they- A's. Man, it was a lot of A's. <laughs> yeah. The barrel the barrel aged narwhal got an A for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, thick freakness is a is a A minus. Uh, this Horizon Tokyo Black, which was a collab three beers, three breweries. I think it was McKellar, Nanye, and uh, Brew Dog. That's right. Um, that was really, really, really good.
1: Yeah,
0: those were awesome. Yep. So it was a good beer. Wow. uh A good beer weekend, and uh, hopefully there'll <laughs> I, be would, I would say many more to come. I hope. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh so yeah, go out and hunt.
1: hunt. I'll see you on Twitter, man. Yep, yeah, you you got it. I'll talk to you later.
0: Right. See Bye. ya.